Welcome to Edwin Presents. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode of Teacher Talks. Hello and welcome to this edition of Edwin Teacher Talk. I am Jody Denny, a classroom success facilitator with Edwin based out of Toronto. And I'm a teacher myself and your host today. I am so excited about these Edwin Teacher Talks because really the best way to learn how to integrate Edwin and EdTech into your classroom is to shine the light on our teachers and let them inspire and motivate and give you ideas and connect with each other on how to bring that EdTech and bring that technology and resources into what you're already doing in your classrooms. My goal for today is one, for you to feel like you're really connecting with a community and two, for you to be able to walk away from this teacher talk uh, with some practical and useful information that you feel you can be ready to integrate right into your classroom. Um, speaking of your classroom, I have some amazing classroom teachers with us today. Uh, I have the whole crew from uh, Nova Scotia. We have Janique Casely, Lori Ann Mills, and Michelle Hunter. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that I saw on Lori's uh, Facebook or maybe it was Twitter, a picture of some of you guys at an Edwin slash training day slash pool party. Like literally you had laptops on your lap and your feet were hanging in the pool. And I was wondering like, why am I not invited? Is it because I'm in Toronto? Like, I don't get it. So next time I'm expecting that invite, you guys really know how to have a good time. Um, so I'm happy that we have you all here today. Um, Lori, I'm going to start with you. I get to see your bright smile every week on our virtual Edwin calls. And I know you have a wealth of ed tech knowledge to share with us. So would you like to introduce yourself and just share your teaching background with everyone? Yeah, for sure. Hi, I'm Lori. I'm an Edwin CST, but uh, in my day job, I uh, teach math and chemistry for the Nova Scotia Community College. I've been with them for 10 years doing that, um, and I've been teaching online with them. And But before that, in my other life, I taught 10 years um, high school, and I started out at Horton High in the Valley in Nova Scotia, and then I met my guy, and we moved to Ottawa, where I taught out in Metcalf in Ottawa there, and then I had my kids, and then I moved back. So that's kind of my education experience <laughs> in a nutshell. Okay, thank you. Um, and Janique and Michelle, I, I have to admit, I sort of Twitter stalked you guys before this talk. <laughs> I was like doing my prep, and I was really amazed. You guys have so many awesome credentials and so much knowledge in this field. No pressure, but like really you guys do. Um, so I'm so happy you're here today. Janique, would, would you introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Um, I'm Janique. I teach grade six, and I've taught grade six at the Halifax Regional School Board, now the Halifax Regional Center of Education, uh, for 23 years. and going into my 24th year of teaching, and have taught every grade from primary to grade nine, actually. Um, and we are going into a new school in the new year in September, a brand new school that's opening in Bedford. So I'm starting in with that as well and looking forward to it. Even in these times, still looking forward to starting with the new school, new staff, grade five, six cohort, which is nice. So that's where we're heading in September. Okay, great. Thank you. And Michelle, would you give us a little bit of your teaching background and introduce yourself? 
Yep. Um, I also teach in the HRCE, Halifax Regional Center for Education. Uh, this is my 14th year teaching. Um, for most of my career, I actually taught core French and I switched to the classroom. This is my fourth year in the classroom, um, teaching in sixth grade. And I uh, just finished doing my master's of education in technology integration. So that's been um, a big motivator for me with technology integration in my classroom. And um, yeah, so that's been kind of my journey along. So great. We have so many different experiences and perspectives here. So it's going to be a great discussion. Um, are you guys going back into the classroom full time? Is it like a blended format in Nova Scotia? How, what's the setup there? Full time back to the classroom starting in a week and a bit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so the way that we're going to start this teacher talk is we're going to do a one word check in just exactly how you're feeling right at this moment, the first word that pops into your mind on you know, how you feel about heading back into the classroom. So anyone take the floor. Optimistic. Mine like is it. optimistic. Like it. Excited. Excited? Yeah. Cool. I, I would say excited as well. Okay. Care to elaborate, Michelle? Um, I'm just optimistic that, you know, everything is, I, I want to make it a classroom where kids are excited to come every day. And I'm, I still hope to provide that for my students. I want them to know that they're coming to a place where I'm excited to see them every day and that they want to be there. I'm just optimistic that that, you know, that's how I portray my classroom and that's how I want them to feel. And I hope that I can continue that. Awesome. Um, Janique, do you want to elaborate on your, what was your word again? Excited. Excited. Okay. Yes. Um, I think excited the most just because I've done so much self-learning over the last six months has it been um, with technology and just like I just went out there and gathered as much information as I could about different technologies and platforms. Um, so really excited to get in there and teach my students, show my students what they can do. Um, to echo what Michelle said, I want them to come to a place where they are excited to come and learn. And I think being able to give students choice as well um, is a big bonus for them being excited to be there. So I'm looking forward to showing them all my tech tools that I have discovered. And I'm excited to learn from you too, Janique. Okay. <laughs> And um, Lori, what your word was? I would. I have excited, and I think it's okay. because I've, my uh, my kids are thirteen and sixteen, and before March break, I think they were getting tired and like, why do I have to go to school and all that kind of stuff? You know, the typical before March break. They are so. They've been excited for September to start since May, and I mm -hmm. my kids aren't aren't like big school kids so I, I it warms my heart to hear Michelle and Janique say like that they're excited because I think that the kids do they, they haven't been with their friends in so long they really appreciate their teachers now more than ever um, so I think uh, I'm optimistic that um, you know we all want the best for our kids and they're coming into this with you know heart and hand and um, I, I know teachers are going to do their best to to welcome them um, 
and and uh, but there's going to be a lot of you won't be able to see it, but there's going to be a lot of smiles and <laughs> those masks. <laughs> I'll be smizing with you know the yeah. smize. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, working on that. The smile. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work on that eye expression, right? Um, yeah. But they do. I, I saw they have like those clear masks, like that just have like that little clear right in the middle. So yeah. Like you know, I don't know if anyone can, can find them. them. <laughs> it's okay. They could feel your energy. They could feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in preparation for the Edwin Teacher Talks, we put out a poll on the PLC just to ask teachers, you know, what are they interested in? What are they looking for help around? And most of them are looking for help around how to support our students' social emotional well-being. And how can we implement different strategies in the classroom to really ease certain anxieties and stresses? You know, yes, they're excited to get back into the classroom. I have uh, one daughter that's going into grade four and one daughter that's going to grade three and they're sick of mommy. They don't want to see my face anymore. They want to see the teacher. They want to see their friends. They're super excited. But underlying, there are different stresses. There are different worries and concerns that they have as well. So how important do you guys feel um, it is for teachers to consider the social, emotional well-being and different stresses and anxieties that our students are going to be experiencing heading back into the classroom? Great question. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think personally, that's really been my focus is I'm really trying to not elevate myself like that we have to get used to a new normal and that new normal is constantly changing. And we just need to be able to roll with it, I guess, is my my biggest thing is that kids need to know that when they come into my classroom, they are loved and they are cared for and I want them to be there. And if today doesn't look like yesterday, that that's okay too. And they're allowed to voice their apprehensions and just feel that, you know, I want to provide them with as much stability as possible, but there's going to be changes. And if they don't feel comfortable, they need to be able to feel comfortable to tell me and we can do the best that we can because there is nothing normal about the school year. It's yeah. everything is different. So it's giving them that opportunity to be as stable as possible, but voice when they have concerns. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, like talking about feeling open, having that open environment where, you know, like let's not all just put on that happy smile and facade, like, no, there's going to be real emotions and it's totally okay for you to tell us how you're feeling. And, and I think that does start with us. It starts with the teacher, right? It starts with us talking about our feelings in a real way, in an authentic way. You know, it's yeah. not going to be rainbows every day. Um, there's going to be different challenges and different feelings that come up and just being real with our students. Yeah. Um, Janique, what do you, how do you feel about that? I honestly <laughs> I echo everything Michelle said. Um, I think we do, we're going to have to do a lot of talk um, a lot of listening for sure and building that community with every student. I think relationships are going to be so important um, when we start back in September. So it's going to take time to build them. Um, but I think that's where we really need to focus and not worry so much about the curriculum and covering the curriculum, but just really get to know our students, our, their families as well. Um, yeah. and let them know that we are there for them. And if they have concerns to definitely let us know and feel free to talk about them. Yeah. That family piece is really big too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. And also um, like the curriculum, like I think that as teachers, we're just wired, like how to teach the curriculum, how to get the curriculum out, like how to connect that to the curriculum. Um, but I think this year specifically going in, it's not going to be about the curriculum, although you know, we do love the curriculum and it's about the curriculum, but really it's about our students first and the relationships, like you said. I always say it takes a village. Um, it takes a village. Like our kids and our students um, need more than just mom and dad. And, you know, in some scenarios, you know, they don't have the greatest home situation. Um, they need those connections with peers and they need the connections with uh, teachers. So that's going to be very important moving into the year. Yeah. Um, Lori, do, do you have anything to add to that? No, no. I think that I, I agree that that going in, it's those like Maslow's hierarchy where it's like, you know, feeling it's those basic needs, feeling safe, building community. And we'll get to the curriculum part. But there's so much of that stuff we need to get done before before that, especially in Nova Scotia, if we go back to remote, we need to have all those systems and process and relationships really strong so that we can kind of continue that um, if we do have to go to remote learning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, I was talking to a, a colleague, another classroom success facilitator, um, Sherry Ross, the other day, and she suggested um, to ease students' anxieties and stresses. Like, you know, there's they have so much going on. And as teachers, if we can just, you know, take a little bit of pressure off of them, let's figure out ways that we can do that. So she was suggesting giving students more student choice, more um, self-directed learning opportunities, just to really take certain pressures off of them and give them more confidence as learners. Um, we spoke about how Edwin could be a really powerful tool in that, you know, like building a collection in Edwin around their interests, around like a passion project, or I think we called it like a conscious collection where, you know, they take what they're interested in, they research, they find out different related um, resources, they, you know, go create something that is really directed by their own interests. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like, how do you see student choice and more student-directed learning and easing different anxieties and stresses for our students? And um, how can we implement that into the classroom? Anybody take the floor. I won't call you out. I know right now when I'm planning, I'm definitely planning choice boards. Um, for different units in various content areas and like connecting different subjects together so that I can kind of embody all of it, but they can still pick and choose um, different projects as well. And I, I know in my head, I want to show them different forums or platforms that they can use while we're in the classroom so that when they're home, they feel comfortable if I say, they create something to show you're learning about this, they can pick whichever platform they want to use. So if they want to create a video, if they want to make a book, if they want to make an Edwin collection, they could kind of choose which one they want to do. But I think that will be important for them too, um, to be able to pick which way they want to show their learning. So uh, that's completely the way I'm heading when I do okay. my planning for this year. 
So I love that idea of choice board. So for maybe like anyone that hasn't heard of choice board before or any new teachers listening right now, can you give us a little bit more information around what is a choice board? And what do you mean students get to choose? Like what's that all about? <laughs> uh, my example of the one I'm making right now, but a choice board is a, a board, well, not a board, but it's a, a document that has different um, ideas, whether you put them in boxes, whether you put them in a chart, um, and then they ha often have hyperlinks to various places that you want them to go so that they can click on and everything's kind of there contained in the one choice board, but they can click on each link and go to different places from that one document. Um, the one I'm working on right now is for science and for flight and it I just want to give them that choice of whether they feel like they're more um, art oriented. I want to have an mm -hmm. art um, choice for flight, uh, video choice where they're displaying their learning, a book one so they're creating a book if they want to write, um, a video if they want to create a video on flight. So I'm really just trying to incorporate all those, um, I guess all of the intelligences. Into, intelligence, yeah. Yeah, into yeah. the different choice boards so that they, I have nine boxes I know. Um, so I'm going to come up with nine different things that they can choose. And I'm just going to get them to try and create a, a, like a straight line. And that's it. Just pick three oh. as long as they create a straight line and they're yeah. good to go. I love that. I did um, a lot with uh, choice boards and hyperdocs, and um, that's kind of where my focus is as well. I'm really big on student choice and voice and how you know, project-based learning allows students the opportunity to build on something that they're interested in. And um, if they find something that they like and I can somehow connect it to the outcomes, then you know, like we said, the outcomes aren't going to be as the focus, but you can always find a way to incorporate and connect the dots somehow. So be it how they research, those are meeting language arts outcomes, how, and with Edwin, I mean, teaching them how to take notes and the research, I think that is such a huge lesson for them to learn right off the bat. And mm. um, I know with my uh, project that I did for my my final project, it was all about project-based learning and teaching kids. We have to remember that we have to teach them step-by-step. Step. We, mm -hmm. we, we expect that, yes, we just did this many months of online learning, but I know many kids that didn't do the technology aspect of it. So my focus is really getting them comfortable with the basics of technology as well and teaching them to be good digital citizens and using technology as a tool and not as a toy and how much power that technology offers them. So yeah. I like that really, really scaffolding it for them because like you just mentioned, um, Michelle, uh, sometimes we throw them into scenarios and we think they know it. They think they, we think they know how to use the technology. For example, my daughter, you know, when she first went onto her remote teaching classroom, her teacher said, okay, go to this Google dot, uh, document. And you know, my, my grade three daughter looked at me and she's like, what's that? Um, and then felt really mm -hmm. low in her confidence and esteem that she was able to even do this. Right. Um, so 
in talking about reducing stress and in talking about, um, you know, reducing anxiety for our students, really scaffolding and breaking it down for them is a key part in that, right? And then and then let them explore and then let them create and let, let their choices take the floor. But um, yeah, we have to remember to really start with the basics. And um, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Lori, do you, do you have any ideas in that? Um, in that? Uh, well, it wasn't my idea. I, I, I was in a virtual meeting with a guidance counselor from Nova Scotia yesterday, and she was talking about um, creating uh, an Edwin collection based on social emotional activities that she wanted to do with her with her students that were under her wing under guidance and I thought that was really cool that she would build this in a collection but she was ta also talking about having students going out and adding their own items so mm -hmm. if they found some um, uh, strategies for anxiety um, management that they could put that in their collection so that when they were in class and they were feeling anxious they could open it up and they'd have some really quick um resources that they could they could um open up right there that they that that spoke to them so it wasn't her filling their collection with all this stuff it mm -hmm. was giving them the agency like find stuff that works for you i'll, I'll point you in the right direction but you get stuff and put it in your collection and that way you have ownership of it. You know, it's stuff you like, it's the videos that you like, you know, and, and getting them to build it. And I'm feeling in my journey, it's the more that they can build and collect stuff that speaks to them, the more that they'll, they'll engage with it. And if I kind of try and give them everything, well, that's me giving them, you know, <laughs> like me buying all my daughter's clothes she's not going to wear them <laughs> but if she pick them out she's going to wear them or my son same thing he doesn't like my taste so I feel that with my students the more agency you can get the more ownership and engagement that they're going to to have with it um and also just giving them a voice so um she's this guidance counselor she was awesome she was telling me all of her stuff and we were just trying to figure out what technology tool would work with that idea and she was talking about using Pear Deck for journaling and and um, and then Jess a colleague of ours was talking about using we video for video for video diaries mm. and to build as you go so at the end you'd have this really great video or written journal about the growth you know throughout I, I i've seen some stuff where it's like you know we're, we're asking everybody to to write about their COVID experience and and it's getting old but maybe we change the view and look forward now like what is the goal moving ahead sort of a thing but I like that. yeah and it was neat that it was a guidance counselor like it's just there are so it's 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 takes a village as you said and everybody has the same goal like how can we get through this dark and get to the other side and it's teachers it's principals it's guidance counselors it's the housekeeping janitors that just you know want to make sure that our buildings are clean like everybody's in it together for that same same goal of you know getting to the better side of things I yeah like yeah i like that too and I, and I like how the focus isn't on um like tell us about your experience because like part of being mindful and part of like grounding our students and ourselves um, yes, it's important to reflect on the past, but I think we reflected. Now we got to be in the moment. How are you feeling right now? 
and having them journal, having them document with like a video um, diary, like you said, let them express this moment and then you move forward. Right. Um, So I think that's powerful. And I also liked what you said about how um, I think, and I think that we all do this is I created like an amazing collection with like 20 learning objects and it was so awesome with the Pear Deck and I gave it to my class um, and they just kind of looked at it, right? Um, let's start it off for the students. Let's like give them an introduction to it, but let's let let them, you know, inquire. Let's let them research. And like you said, Michelle, give them those research tools, you know, give them empowerment, teach them how to take the notes and let them run with it. Let them build it and then let them share it. Um, so all of those, you know, confidence building, giving them the tools to do it themselves, um, all play into their confidence and their emotional well-being. I think that's one thing that online learning lacked was the ability to share and listen to their peers as well. So mm. that big thing that I'm going to focus on is like listening to their peers and seeing the examples and that that community of the classroom was really, really lacking during online learning. So they need to almost be retaught that again. Mm. And, and it might bring that excitement and around their learning too around their willingness to share their thoughts and ideas. Yeah, completely. Don't you find uh, that too, like when you, cause, cause you get all that feedback, you get to see it, but if you, if you don't, if they don't get to see what their peers are thinking, they mm-hmm. might, think, well, I'm the only one that's feeling this. I'm mm-hmm. the only one that, you know, that, that feels this way. And it's really empowering when it's like, Oh, you mean there's others that feel this way? There were others that were bored or others that are lonely or others that are a little bit scared or maybe others that are excited. And and to give that, you know, to share that is really important. And it's, yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Get that. Mm-hmm. So true. And it's not just the students. It's like us too. Like when COVID first happened, I was like in a bubble. I was scared to go anywhere. And, and even I wasn't even, you know, connecting with my friends or social network. And I said to my husband, like, is, is anyone else feeling like me? Like, am I the only one going crazy right now? And he's like, get connecting and you'll see you're not the only one. Like, you know, as teachers and, um, you know, moms, dads, you know, we all have to connect to know that we're not alone. And it's the same with our students. And actually, it's funny because that the one word check-in that we just did, um, again, uh, that wasn't my idea. Someone else told me about that. That was the most popular thing that this teacher did um, during her remote teaching is that every day she had her students do that one word check-in on their um, learning management system. And at the end of the year, it wasn't like the curriculum, it wasn't the projects, it wasn't anything that the teachers were, that um, the parents were talking about and the students were talking about. It was that one word check-in. They're like, oh yeah, that one word check-in you did, that was amazing. Like, that was how they connected. That's how the students expressed themselves, and that's that's really the the biggest piece here, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop our amazing discussion right now for a little bit of fun. Um, get ready, guys. I'm gonna put you on the spot for real now. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw at you just for fun and um, just these like teacher talk, rapid fire, ed tech type. Trivia stuff. Um, okay, who wants to volunteer to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Janique, do you want okay, to go? Michelle. Oh, I'll Michelle, go. you said it. You okay. go? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, I'll go. Michelle. Okay. Okay. okay, the first one's the easiest, Michelle, so you good job. Okay. okay, so I'm going to give you four. I'm going to go like fast. 
I don't really know how this, okay, it's gonna work. Okay, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna do four questions and at, at the end of each one, like as fast as you can, give me what you think the answer is, okay? Oh gosh, okay. And I'm gonna move on, even if it's the wrong answer, I'm gonna keep going. Okay, so Nathan, you're the one editing this. I'm, give us like a three, two, one countdown or something. Okay, and ready. A piece of equipment named after a rodent. A mouse. The backspace has replaced what white liquid? White out. The book where we go to socialize. Facebook. A virtual binder in Edwin. Oh my God. <laughs> Five, four. A virtual three, binder? Like two, one. That's <laughs> okay. You got the Edwin question and I mess it up. You got three out of four. That was good. That was really good. You got three out of four. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, who's next? <laughs> okay, Janique. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Edwin stands for? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, Janique, I've worked, I've, okay, pause, Nathan, cut this part out. I've worked with Edwin, like, for over a year, and I literally just found out last week. <laughs> I've been, what I've been wondering, so who's Edwin? Like, I haven't met this guy yet. Like, who's this Edwin guy? Okay. Oh, capitals, though, so it does stand for something, doesn't it? It does, it does. Okay, we're going to start again. Okay, three, two, one. Edwin stands for? Oh, I still don't know. Okay, fill in the blank. Blank phi. Blank phi, F-I. Blank phi. Wi-Fi. The metal browser. The metal browser. Oh, my gosh. Michelle, you're so much better. <laughs> I told you the first one was the easiest one. The metal browser. Chrome. Chrome. Google Chrome. An Edwin partner tool that's a fruit. A pear deck. Yay! <laughs> what does Edwin stand for? Guys, it's so, it's wins in education. Come on. Oh, <laughs> oh. Edwin. Education oh wins. God. Yeah. Lori, did you know that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> but I thought that it was, a, I thought at first it was the name of an owl. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> Well, we know now. We know now. Yeah. Okay, Lori, are you ready for oh, yours? Oh, I'm really bad <laughs> at like word association, but I'll try. Okay, we'll we'll help you out. We'll all help you okay. out. Okay. Three, two, one. A computer that's a fruit. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> a bird. Answer. No. <laughs> no cheating. Okay. <laughs> uh, a, no a bird noise. Tweet. The pie and Edwin. A teacher dashboard. Something green that can make you look like you're flying. Green. <laughs> oh, green screen. <laughs> Michelle, you're like the best. Is <laughs> <laughs> the one Edwin question that I mess up? Oh, okay, yeah. So, and so the binder and Edwin. We didn't. We didn't come up with Collect the answer for that. The bind. I. I um, a virtual binder, yeah. Collection. 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 Okay, I was yeah. like, collection. I think I said it, but I'm like, is it the collection? <laughs> it's yeah. the collection. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I always describe it as a virtual binder. So, anyway. 
I think you guys file folder. So that's file folder. File. The drawer. We call it drawers sometime, and that's the one that really messes me up. You call the collection a drawer? No, I don't. But some of our some of our colleagues do, and I'm like that. I guess like a file folder drawer, but yeah, I think folder. Yeah. Now people call it a virtual playlist of resources. It's very fancy now. Okay. Okay, that was very well played. Very well played. <laughs> um, okay, so getting back to our discussion around um, easing our students' stresses and anxieties as they head back into the classroom this fall, um, how about um, as a strategy providing different uh, alternatives, different ways, and different um, formats for our students to present their understanding? Um, I know we, we talked a little bit about this, um, but for me, when I, I was thinking about an example, a couple years ago, I was a special ed teacher at an independent school, and I was supporting a student, I think she was in grade seven, who had a really severe social anxiety um, disorder, and she actually had never spoken in front of her class, and they, they gave it a title, uh, Select Mutism. Mm-hmm. Um, she really only felt comfortable speaking one-on-one. And when she was in front of a class, um, she just kind of closed closed herself up. And her teacher came to me with support around, you know, how are we gonna assess her oral presentation skills? They had speeches. And I, I spoke to her about, okay, well, what about letting her present with a video? And at the time that school was not very um, experienced with technology and she pushed back on the idea a little bit and, and didn't feel that, you know, a video would be, you should be able to assess her oral presentation um, skills. So I, of course, I gave her like 10 research articles and why, why it was amazing idea. And she pushed ahead with it. And the student was able to record her oral presentation at home where she felt comfortable. And she just pressed play for her class that day. And, you know, it was the first time all year her peers had heard her speak so poised, so strong, so confident, so well done. Um, And, you know, you can see her bursting with pride and with emotion as it was presented to them. And, you know, my example is an accommodation that we gave to a learner. But really, it's a a strong example on how this year, especially, we kind of have to break out of the rigidity of, you know, this is the way and this is the only way. And giving students more choices in terms of, you know, the work they're doing, but also different platforms and alternatives to showing their understanding. Um, so do you guys have any ideas around how we can implement that? Any tools, resources, um, anything that you're thinking of planning for your classroom this year around alternative ways of um, assessing? I know that um, last year I had a student that had um, really required a lot of accessibility tools on her Chromebook. And so many people are so hesitant to allow that, uh, like top text to speech or, um, you know, having the computer read for you. But it is, it is the way of the world. We have to be able to adapt and not fight against these changes. And I, you know, I think just knowing your what you're capable of doing and how much you're capable of doing with a small adaptation is 
it can, it can, like you said, that child was so proud and this student of mine was able to write and not feel, you know, she would take her little ear, but earphone and say a word that she didn't know how to spell and she would mm -hmm. say it and then keep on going. Right. So she didn't rely on it, but it was a tool to help and support her. And I just feel that students need to feel successful in order to want to do better. And so like you said, getting them to record it at home. I did um, two years ago and the year before that, I did a interactive posters and I had a student very similar that refused to speak in front of the class. And so we did these book reports and I got them to create QR codes and we used the makey makeys and they were, um, it kind of tied into our science and electricity unit. And um we did, they worked so hard on the projects and I said, okay, you guys are going to go off to French and student classes are going to come in here and listen to your book reports hmm. and just hear about it and give you feedback. And the student was like, people are, I don't have to present it. I'm like, no, you don't even need to be here. Your message is still there. Your understanding is still there. But even though you're not saying it, your understanding is still there. And she was just like, you know completely blown away. But as long as they're understanding and can show and take ownership of their work, like that's so important just by small changes. Yeah, it's totally just the small changes. You're right. And I don't know why there's so much hesitancy around it. Um, if there is a modification accommodation to that can be made to, you know, that little, little change makes this much difference for the student, right? Um, so why not just, you know, just look it up, talk, communicate with another teacher, find ways that we can work around it. Exactly. I see a little cat there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little, saw a little tail cut my eye. <laughs> I had both the cat and the dog. Is it? Oh, no. They're usually at five o'clock because that's when they get fed. So okay. they all start to come around, but they're early. <laughs> they're early. <laughs> Um, actually, Michelle, you're, you made me think of, Lori, maybe you can help me out. I know there's a new collection on Edwin about revising, it's like revising oral presentations to, um, to an online format. And it walks, um, it walks students through how to take like an oral presentation or a presentation you make in front of the class. And it helps them learn strategies and different techniques on making it an online presentation. I think oh, that's wow. what it's called. I think it's like, revising your presentation for online yeah. something, something like that it's just fairly new isn't it yeah it's a new one that just came out yeah that, that would be a really good resource for this year i was looking at um we video has the podcasting option as well right mm -hmm. so that's something that i'm hoping to uh get into my um my classroom this year is possibly doing a podcast on something so that's that's one of my goals with we video i love that. and then you have to show their faces i think a lot of times it's about like janique and i janique and i when we we're talking about this it's like uh are we going to be is our face going to be yes <laughs> more comfortable <laughs> with me? possibly if it wasn't but that podcast i love that because you know just it gives another entry point for um students that might be a little bit more shy 
and Pear Deck. That's why I like Pear Deck when we you can bring that into yes. a classroom because yes. you'll get the ones that don't normally raise their hand because they don't want to speak, but yet they're furiously writing, and then you can share that, and it's anonymous, and you get all those those quieter voices that you love to hear. Um, that sort of stuff too. I, I love too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, that option. It's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, Janique, do you have any ideas to add to the different alternative types of assessment for this year? Um, the one thing that I think is important for other platforms um, is anything with immersive reader. So I know that I look for, it's kind of like what Michelle was talking about with the accessibility in Google, with the Google to tools, um, just finding platforms that use that immersive reader so that your students can change the background color, can change the sizing of the letters, um, change the language, which I think is huge, um, so that they can put it in a in their native language or their home language. Um, I think that's important too. So I know that's something I look for when I'm looking at other platforms is if they have immersive reader. And I have a question for you guys. And I know this is the case for certain schools in Ontario, but when I, I when I was going into the classrooms before COVID, of course. Um, I would, you know, I would talk to the students about using the reader, use the reader if you feel, you know, or to the teachers, you know, if you feel this is not at the level, um, you know, use the reader and plug in with earphones. And I was told that they're not allowed to do that in the class. So the teacher doesn't like when they're using the reader because there's so many different um, audios going on. And so in some school boards or schools, they're not allowed using uh, headphones. You guys know oh, no. about this? No? Okay. no. We, we, my students, I bought, I buy the gum, um, like in the containers. So I save those throughout the year. And then that's where the kids put their earbuds. Oh, okay. And I recommend that they, they have earbuds just because they're not as big and bulky in their, in their uh, desks. But um, yeah, my students, my rule was was when I was talking, they had to be out of their ears. But yeah, you know, that's not sure. the fight you have all the time because you have the kids walking around with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the pleasure of being in Michelle's class, and she's in. Are you back in the mobile? Yeah, I'm in my tech trailer. <laughs> my tech trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I went to her class a couple of times, and they all, when they're working on their their Edwin devices, they've got their ear pods in. But um, Michelle's already got the routine, so when she said when she starts to talk, the earbuds come out, and if somebody forgets, you know, it's you know, oh, yeah. let's you know, um, whatever. And then the you know the shark mode where you put your Edwin at the forty five degree angle when someone else is talking. Even it's a gas going in. The Edwins went down to the 45 mode, and um, and and Michelle, you had a lot of um, students who were uh, first Canadians, English as an additional language, and yeah. you just go in, and you can hear a pin drop, and every once in a while, you know, you'd hear somebody talk into their into their mic, and the, but they're all, all doing it. So there's nobody that's sticking out. They're yeah. all working away. They're all doing their own thing. You cannot tell who's who, what's, who's using the adaptive yeah. stuff, who's not, and it's so cool. And they're all yeah. working away. They are all working away. I was, I actually was being filmed for the Edwin um, commercial or whatever it is, but um, my kids were- You're a celebrity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, talk about not being, I did the video with my hair like up. I didn't know that he's like, oh, we'll just Skype and we'll have a quick conversation. And I had no makeup on. And that, that footage is on the commercial. And I'm like, oh God. It's authentic, Michelle. It's authentic. It's supposed to be authentic. <laughs> but, um, but my kids, I just told them that day because he wanted just some footage. I was like, go on, hop on Edwin. And they, my students just were like, really? And I was like, yeah, just go on if you want to go back and do this. So they just popped in their earbuds and the film crew was just amazed. They mm -hmm. were like, you know, looking at what the kids were doing. We were currently doing poetry. And so some of the kids were on the poetry, like one of the curated sites and going into poetry options and, and listening and watching these videos. And the film crew was just like, I can't believe that this is what they're doing this is how engaged they were mm. in the program it was it was unreal some of them were typing and making notes about nothing that I <laughs> asked them to do but they were just like highlighting and typing and sending stuff to their drive I was like this is it's engaging them in a way that was just unreal that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, I like, it sounds like, and I, and I think, Lori, you talked about this in your in your tech talk, um, but I like how it sounds like you set up a really strong routine. And I think that's also another strategy for easing anxieties and stresses in students. If you have that strong routine and they know what to expect, they know what's expected of them, they know what's coming next. Um, Yes, of course, you know, there's some flexibility involved, but if they know what to do and how to do it, and um, it's very structured in that way, um, they're more calm and more grounded. So it sounds like they were able to be really engaged and, you know, be self-directed because you had set up a strong routine for them. Yeah, that's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's a big thing is to have that, that structure, but not a rigid, not as rigid, right? Like it's, there can be change to be adaptable. Yeah, to be adaptable piece. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave this off with, if everyone ha can just think of some sort of piece of advice or a quote that you've recently seen that you could give other teachers to just inspire them and to, you know, get them heading into this school year with some positivity. Um, what would it be, Janique? My favorite quote right now is to give them the destination and let them choose their journey. Couldn't who said actually I do know who said it. Um, it was students on Tisha Poncho is an educator in the states, and she has students and they were giving a, a seminar, a webinar, and they said that, and it just stuck with me. Uh, it's just I love it. It goes along with the student choice as well, but definitely. Give them the destination and let them choose the journey. Love that. Love, Love that. that. Give them destination and let them choose the journey. That's great. So fitting. So fitting. Um, Michelle? Oh, you put me on the spot. I'm terrible with remembering quotes. Um, my my biggest piece of advice is just take take each day step by step and, and just try to learn a little bit new and don't be afraid to say I don't know let's explore that that's a big thing in my classroom is as teachers sometimes we feel that we need to have all of the answers but I have taken so much from saying to my students I don't know let's learn about it 
because mm-hmm. then they feel comfortable to do the same. So that's, I think that's my biggest, biggest message is just every day I try to do something new or try to push myself a little bit further. And if I don't know how to do it correctly, then figure it out. Figure it out together. Yeah. And yeah. you're really, you're modeling for them that it's okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, Lori. Uh, I'm like Michelle. I don't remember quotes. I love, <laughs> I'm awful at it, but the ones, ones that I, I always like kind of gravitate towards are those ones that talk about, um, when you're, when you have a challenge, um, that it's a, an opportunity to learn from it. And so there's been some really big lessons that I've learned through this challenging time and just keeping in mind growth mindset like we will get through it we've been through hard times before we're going to get through this and just you know the just learn from it and take it day by day and we'll get through it we'll get through it (laughs) thank you i believe you (laughs) (laughs) um and i think my one quote it's and like you guys i can't remember the exact quote but it's something like um we don't remember they don't remember what we said, but they remember how you made them feel, right? And I think that like sums up the whole discussion because um, you know we we started off by talking about curriculum is important, but right now it's not at the forefront of our minds. It's about easing our students' stresses and anxieties and really um, connecting to their social emotional well being. And any little thing we can do as teachers to ease their stress, to make them feel comfortable in an open environment. That's what they're going to remember. That's what they're going to feel. That's what's going to impact them right away. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that we were able, the four of us, to, you know, spread some inspiration and some ideas. And um, if you are listening to this teacher talk and you would like to participate in one and join the discussion, we would love to have you. Uh, you can message me on the PLC at Jody Denny or leave a comment below. I've always wanted to do that. Leave a comment below. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and thank you all again. Thank you to the Nova Scotia team, to Lorianne, Michelle, and Janique. I really appreciate you sharing your perspectives and um, sharing your inspiration with everybody. And yeah, we, we hope that you guys felt connected and are taking away some inspiration today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Teacher Talks. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your colleagues. And as always, follow us on social media using at Edwin Classroom.